My name is The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Because they came to whose house? You like that? You like that? Where'd you go to college? Syracuse? Syracuse? That's a basketball school. Rain man, good to go. Hey coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain, I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I'll have an English muffin if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. Aha, aha, aha. This is the Sportzilla Show. Here's Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. Tightrope high wire activity, sir. I think it's pretty fascinating. Wasn't it a Winlinda that walked between the the twin towers of the World Trade Center back in the day? I believe it was the same walking Winlinda. I believe it was Nick Winlinda. Nick Winlinda is amazing. Yeah, I I don't know how they do that, and I am deathly afraid of heights. So, ain't no way I'm getting anywhere close to a volcano, let alone walk over top of it. On some sort of tightrope. you got to be kidding me, man. He has, over the years, uh, gone to the bald look, by the way. He shaves his head now, which I kind of dig, so I kind of feel a bond with him. And got blue eyes. If I lost a few pounds and got in shape, I mean, I could kind of. There's a slight. Look at the look at him. Dude, there's a little bit of a. Showing you a picture right there. Yeah, i got to put that on on social media. Got to get a little doppelganger thing going on there. I mean, there's a slight resemblance with me and. He looks angrier than you. A certain coach of the Buffalo Bills. Well, that's because I've had enough coffee today. I'm good. Yeah, Nick oh. Willenda's going to okay, walk. Okay, so you're chill. Yeah, I'm chill. No. I'm... To the next episode. Ha. No, I'm seriously, I'm jacked to the nines on caffeine as usual. I'm overloaded on coffee, but this is this is normal. I'm not overloaded on coffee. Well, yes, for a normal person, I am. But you're in your pocket. But Yeah, I'm, I'm right in the zone. I'm right in the okay. zone. I would never walk over anything no. on a tightrope, for that matter, but let alone an active volcano. This is, I think it's on ABC tonight. I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Is Would this be considered a sport? Um, It is an athletic endeavor. I Certainly. don't know that it's a sport. But think about the, I mean, every muscle in your body has to be engaged it's on certainly this. certainly an athletic in- endeavor, and it requires intense concentration but I imagine he's got it down to some extent to where he just really knows what he's doing. It's amazing to somebody like me who, you know, I can't walk a straight line when I'm sober, for God's sakes. What about the, the mental aspect of this? We know how important, like, mental coaches and things like that is a big part of professional sports nowadays. And even on, say, the D1 level, I'm... I'm pretty sure there's somebody on campus for Q's, for example, that they could talk to if they need to get that mental edge. It's a big part of the the game now. Like, uh, and that would be very mental. What you have to do to mentally prepare to walk over a freaking volcano. For I mean, God's sake. it's a neck. It's next level of focus. I mean, this is like focus beyond focus. This is not even mamba mentality. Mamba mentality focused on the task at hand and winning this basketball game being ferocious, being better than everybody, putting in the work and all that. It's just you and that tightrope, man. I mean, it, one millisecond. It's you and your demons. That he's not focused. And that tightrope. He's done. He's toast. I mean, what kind of fail-safes are, are in play here? I don't know. Are they going to have a net for him? Gosh, I hope so. All I know is Elijah Hughes put a basketball through a net a lot. I could talk about Nick Lennon for the next hour with you, Scoop. Good afternoon, man. 
I just, I've been thinking about this guy for about a week now. And then this morning I'm like, oh, it's here. I, I want to watch. I'm engaged. I will watch this and pay attention. I guarantee you it will be on in the rain casa at my house. Mrs. Rain and the raindrops locked in tonight. Mike's in studio with us. You can see him. If you want to check him out, Q Sports Talk, Twitch.tv, or all three of us on the Sports Hill Show. Pop your mic on. Okay. I, I transitioned nicely into Elijah Hughes putting a basketball through a net. He was lava. But, yeah, yeah, he sure was. But what do you think about Nick Willendo before I actually get to the SU basketball? That is great. Like Scoop, I am also afraid of heights. I cannot do heights. Okay. Like, like, like roller coasters I could do. But if I'm up there for, like, I don't know, I, I'd say about more than 15 seconds, I am just, I'll just lose it. Would you fall? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> See, me too. I'm, I'm good <laughs> in an airplane, in a, in a jet, like, yeah. traveling somewhere, I'm okay but like when I went up, I don't, I can't remember what it's called now, but the Sears Tower in Chicago. Yeah, and they've got that observation deck where you actually step out into this clear glass uh, plastic encasement over the street. Mm-hmm. And I, now I get yeah. woozy just walking up to that thing. I don't know. I would never even do that. You see people getting selfies where they're. They're laying on the thing. Yeah, see, no I can't way. do that. No way, Jose. <laughs> I can't do that at all. Could you make a three-pointer? We make 19 of them in a game. Boston College did still lost by 13 points. Isn't that crazy? They made all those threes. That's a record against Qs, and by they one. lost by 13. Yeah, that's a record by one, and it's just it's an odd well, the, odd way to lose a game. The Orange eliminated pretty much everything else that they could get. Fascinating math, as described by Donna DeTota. And we were looking at some of the numbers. I appreciate her putting those out. We were just kind of talking about this game. Of course, we feel good about the Syracuse basketball program for, for another day. We got one more game, as Jim Beheim told us yesterday. And then it's just on to see what we can do in the ACC tournament. That's really the focus. That's all they can do. You hope for a magical miracle run. Why not us? Why not us? You got Elijah Hughes just playing some fantastic basketball. He's really just improved this year. Jim Beheim said that. I don't think we needed him to. I think we've seen it. I think the numbers, as I brought up, bear that out. I don't think so. You know, I don't think so. He's been pretty consistent. If you take out the game he got hurt, he's averaging a full point higher. I mean, he's leading the league in scoring anyway. But he'd be the game he got hurt, he didn't play, so that brings his... Average down one full point. He got a zero. You know, he's around 20 points a game, five rebounds, four assists. Um, I don't think you can ask a guy to do any more than that. You know what the in, in another interesting observation I think a lot of people made from the post-game press conference when talking about Elijah and the likelihood that he goes to the NBA after. I mean, there were NBA scouts in Boston last night. Uh, he did it all. Uh, what did he have? 28 points he ended up with. It's just a, an amazing performance. He did a little bit of everything. But is he going to leave? Is he going to stay? I mean, you can speculate all you want, but we won't really know anything till after the season. But it brought up an interesting comment about Tyus Battle, whose dad, Jim told us, ended up calling Jerry McNamara. And this is that exchange. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I anticipate guys going. That's I don't even plan on guys staying anymore. You know, I planned last year, obviously, Tyus. And ironically, his father called me the other day. I called Jerry and said, maybe he should have stayed in us. <laughs> but I didn't think O'Shea should leave, but I thought he might leave. So we prepared for that. 
But you don't replace a player like that. You know, if we had him with these young guys, he'd make a difference with our team this year. Wow. I mean, you had your, you had think your, of that. Yeah, you had your, but you had your Derek Coleman's, you know, staying for you. Had your, your John Wallace's staying for you. Jerry staying for you. You see that sometimes. There's other players that have stayed in the program for four years, but it's it's different now. It's just different now. But we don't know what Elijah Hughes is going to do. It was 28 points, 10 and 20 shooting, three out of nine from three point line. I think he represented well. In front of the NBA scouts, of course, if he decides to go, he's got to work out. I think he's going. Yeah, I think he's going, too. I don't know what else he has to prove. This is his fourth year. He's going to get his degree. He was a transfer student. Fourth year overall, I mean, with the year off in between. What else does he have left to prove at this level? I I don't think there's much. Well, there are some guys who want to give their all for their college program. Maybe there's a part of him that's motivated by that. I think he's going to go to the NBA because these guys have families that they want to take care of and they don't want to get themselves maybe injured in college and then have that be to the detriment of their NBA payday. So there was a jacket toss scoop, which of course always signifies it's a very, very likely we're going to win that fires up the fan base. There were pretty much more Syracuse fans in the crowd in Boston it was sparsely attended other than a lot of love for the Orange. I, I made that observation myself. That was nice to see. I love it when we travel well like that. I like it when a road game feels like a Q's home game. Obviously, we draw 30,000. They have the seven biggest crowds in you know college basketball this year. But needless to say, a jacket toss, a win, a solid performance against a team that was without its top three scores. I suppose it is what it is. We expected to win that game, and we went and did that. Well, it's going to be fun when we get to this ACC tournament. Not to look past Miami, but I am. Because really that's where our hopes hang now, is that somehow we can put together some crazy, miraculous run. And Coach Beheim is good at getting a team ready for a tournament. Uh, I hope we stand the world on its end. And and then you got to... You got a few extra guys in the lineup, too. You know what I'm saying? You saw Bryce Goodine. Uh, you saw Howard Washington in the game. So it was eight guys in the rotation that perhaps maybe went one more than normal. You'll see them throughout the course of the season, or we have, but not necessarily on a regular basis. Games like this gave them an opportunity to get some minutes, to get to get in the game, to play a little bit, and to get ready, as we said, when we look ahead to the ACC tournament. But why did they end up with all those three-pointers? I mean, they couldn't stop Elijah Hughes, but they couldn't miss a three-pointer. That record of 19, even in a 13-point loss, there's a reason for that, according to Jim. Teams take a lot of threes against us anyway. They went to an extreme because I think they had to with the personnel they had. They were smart doing that. And, you know, they just weren't making. They had some open shots. I mean, they had some chances to keep it close, and they missed. There you go. It's the Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. I just want to, on the subject of basketball and a former Syracuse player throughout Deion Waiters, uh, you and I have been talking about this quite a bit, even off the air, Scoop. Uh, Deion had the workout with the Lakers and basically, he had to go meet with Rob Palenka, the GM, Frank Vogel, the coach, and Kurt Rambis. And they wanted to talk about his mentality. They wanted to see if he had remorse. They wanted to see if he would make amends, explain the situation to us, what went wrong in Miami. And it's kind of what happened with Dwight Howard. 
Dwight Howard had to do the same thing. And Dwight Howard has been a key component to the success of the Lakers this year. So they they get through that meeting because the workout, I mean, physically, they went, okay, Dion can help this team on the court. But but other than that, you got to know that his mind is right. Well, yeah, and, you know, one thing that I don't know that we got into when we spoke about Dion and LeBron before, but he's got a season with LeBron. Yes, he does. Cleveland. And, and I think we tend to overlook that when we talk about J.R. Smith and that spot that's available on the Lakers. But Dion is younger, four or five years younger, I think. Yeah, you're right. And Late 20s to early 30s. My orange bias scoop wants me to see them go with Dion Waiters, that reclamation project. You know, hey, man, America loves second chances. Let's well, give him a second chance. I, I still think yeah. there's a lot of good basketball in Dion Waiters, and I think he can help that team. And with a facilitator, a facilitator like LeBron, absolutely. A guy who makes everybody else around him better. And is still playing at an elite level. Don't forget about that. This is not yet a, a declining LeBron. It's not prime LeBron, but he's still a top five player in the NBA. Well, he's changed his game. For sure. You know, he used to be the guy who took the ball to the hole, and he his outside game is really good now. I mean, look what he did with Zion the other night. Absolutely. I still look at that hashtag pro orange. I know we talk about our love of Twitter for the immediacy of following sports, uh, but we looked around the NBA a little bit too. Carmelo getting it done with Portland. Other Syracuse players, O'Shea said he's been playing in the G League. Michael Carter-Williams is down in Orlando. Uh, still playing Jeremy Grant. You've been seeing him a little bit on Sports Center. He is performing very well for Denver. We're not going to break down all their numbers, but yeah, he's doing well. Who else? BJ Johnson's with the Orlando Magic, the Lakeland Magic, actually in their on their G League team. And then, of course, we wrapped it up with Deion Waiters. That's what's happening. I mean, it's just a handful of the guys, the former Orangemen, the former Orange Syracuse Orange, playing pro in the NBA. If I can again just extol the virtues of the G League, yeah. having been to G League games and enjoyed them. It's some good basketball. Immensely, uh, you know, the Canton Charge, the Erie Bayhawks. It would be awesome to get a G League team here. If we could steal a team, I think it'd be a fun, yep. uh, fun night out. I think it would be... Fun games. This is a basketball town, after all. And what an easy transition for those guys that maybe walk across the street. Maybe you put it in the War Memorial. And yeah, a lot of Syracuse guys that might keep going, go play there and, and keep themselves in the game and give themselves a chance. I, I'm sure the War Memorial would love to have a G League tenant in that. And just for just for a comfort level of those guys, Scoop, think about that. You, you, you've spent a few years in Syracuse playing college basketball. You're acclimated to your surroundings, and you just got to go play basketball a few blocks away. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a seamless transition. And I, I think also you're think something. even if you weren't from Syracuse and didn't go to Syracuse University, you know of Syracuse. You know of the basketball tradition. You got an off day. You go watch and, a Syracuse basketball game. And I think uh, players would love to come and play uh, G League here. Any investors out there interested to maybe lure a team away? Oh, I'd love you if you did. All right, not a bad idea. Let's take our first break here on the Sportsilla Show. The Spike Lee situation, now with some commentary by Charles Oakley, who was also screwed over by the worst owner in sports, James Dolan, who Spike Lee said is harassing him. 
That's what we'll get to next. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Tomorrow through Sunday, it's the 2020 CNY RV and Camping Show at the State Fairgrounds. Nine dealers, 600 models. There's a free golf cart giveaway. 12 bucks to get in. Only 10 bucks on Sunday. And if you are caller five now on the Burdick Toyota contest line, you're going to win a pair of tickets. 315-437-7644. Few Sports Talk, Twitch.tv, just heard that. We're on here, Scoop and Rain. We'll take your bits. You can watch us do a little bit of radio. I got to take a deep breath. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. If we're going to get into the Knicks here, and yeah. obviously that will leave you a little upset. A little cough, a little cough caught me there. Uh, at least it's not vomit because that's how I feel when we talk about the Knicks. Spike Lee says Dolan is harassing me. That news broke yesterday. This is a story all over social media. This well, he is, is. It's an he it totally is. He did the same thing to Charles Oakley. They settled that lawsuit. You saw that in theory, Dolan won, but he didn't win in the court of public opinion. He did not win with Knicks fans. He's never won anything. Well, look, I you're approve. going against a guy with more money than God, with all that cable TV money. He can afford lawyer upon lawyer upon lawyer upon lawyer. You're not going to win. Your best hope is to. Negotiate a favorable settlement conclusion. And look, uh, James Dolan has already lost in the court of public opinion. It was unnecessary. That's the thing. We, we, we were talking about what a petulant child, the, uh, the grown man in his 50s is. But it's just an unnecessary situation more than anything. That's how I feel about it a, a day after. But I'm glad that we have some sound from Charles Oakley, who has a recent history, as established, dealing with James Dolan and his nonsense. I would like to share some of that for you right now. Uh, these are his words. It's a, it's a plantation over there. It's, it's bad. People won't talk about it. It's real bad over there. It's I mean, fun. this man been buying tickets for 28 years, over $10 million, and you question him out if he come this door, that door. What, what is this man's problem about control? He's so much of control freak. And he hurting the whole NBA. If I'm an owner of NBA, this guy headlined every other month, every other week with something that don't have nothing to do with winning. It got to do with individual people's life. We shouldn't be going through this. Them days will be over with this control freak and all this. That it's a corporate business. It's a business. You have to have people to work for you. So you have to get along with people to succeed in life. You guys, any time operating business, you need people to work. People shouldn't be stressed out working every day. And every single person that works for him, specifically for the Knicks, if you you want to separate the Rangers from that, he doesn't bother them as much as he does the Thank Knicks. Thank God he knows. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I'm a Rangers fan too, but he. He messes with the Knicks, top to bottom. But you know what I mean? There's a lot of employees that work in both, and they have to deal with him. And it's it's walking on eggshells. And he's Charles Oakley is absolutely right. Nobody wants to deal with that situation when they go to work. You want to go do your job. Ultimately, most people want to go to work, do their job, go home, and live their life and spend time with their families. Instead of probably bringing massive amounts of unwanted stress, they probably stress work before they go to bed. They probably stress work the second they wake up. Instead of enjoying what they do, it's a nightmare situation. It's an embarrassment for the NBA. I wonder how many NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, he's got people signed to that work for him. Oh, it's got to be tons. 
agreements where you sort of forego your right to pursue legal action because of his childlike, petulant behavior and behavior that probably uh, would go awry of any HR department in any normal business. I, why do I suspect that that's the case? Why? Well, when you hear Stephen A. Smith talking about employees there walking on eggshells, afraid about who they're going to talk to, afraid that they show deference to the wrong person that's in James Dolan's bad graces. You, that's not my friend. So since they're not my friend, you can't be friends it, with somebody that's not my friend. It is that's so, what it sounds like. It, it's so immature, so childlike. Like, like I said the other day, his baser instincts have never been checked because of all his money. But you know what, folks? The cable industry is dying. It is. Cable TV is dying. Anybody who owns those businesses is trying to get into other businesses. And maybe he's a little mad about that. You mad, bro? You mad? You mad? You mad, bro? Well, you know what? A lot of people have called for the NBA to intervene. Adam Silver, do something. Clean up this Mickey Mouse operation. I'm one of those people and the more and more crap that happens with him, the more you see it. Well, guess what? Now Charles Oakley has said the same thing too. James Dolan's not selling the team. I mean, we we all he's well, made that very clear. He's not well, selling the team. Yeah, but Donald Sterling didn't sell his team either. <laughs> Until the NBA came in and did something. So you think the NBA should step in in this situation here because it's a bad look for the league? They, they should have. I mean, if you're a former player, and what happened to me, where they drug me out there for no reason, and, and we got the tape, I didn't do nothing. This it's like hitching somebody back in the forties and fifties. He don't care. I mean, I hate to put him in the category with Donald Trump, but I think that's Trump nephew. This is a thirty-year relationship, roughly, from the time Charles Oakley played with the Knicks, and then always loved to come back. He's a fan, lived in New York City, and this is just how they do business. According to Charles Oakley, this is a frightening statement. Listen to this last piece, and then we'll we'll drop the subject for the day. It's always the way they do it. They don't. They do it, then they react. They, they do something, then be the first one to put a PR uh, out. Oh well, you know he was wrong. He did this. He did that. I mean, I understand everybody got rules and regulations. That's why I, when I went to the garden, I walked down the steps. I didn't come in no special door. I mean, the door said I can enter with my ticket. Because if you can't enter with the ticket, they won't let you in. When I came to my seat, but my thing is, it's just it's just a lot going on over there. NBA is this it's hurting the NBA brand to see this same team always. It's like the Dallas Cowboys almost. In this headline of the press, ain't winning, ain't making nobody better around them. Everybody around them is like don't want to be at work, but they need a job. That's a bad. That's a bad situation. We shouldn't be going through this. But you know, he's the only. They told me you know, he got billions of dollars. So a lot of people got billions of dollars. I mean, he's the top fifty richest in the world. So it is what it is. It shouldn't, money shouldn't dictate, but money is understand that money going to be made in a lot of situations. But don't let it dictate how you treat people. There you go, Scoop. All I want from my perspective on this as a Knicks fan is the Knicks, and I've said this to you dozens and dozens of times on the air and off the air, I just want a competent, respectable NBA basketball team. I'm not even asking for championships, well, partly because I'm used to not winning them and seeing them in my lifetime from the Knicks, but that's all I want. That's all I want. I just want a, I want a winning team. I want a team that wins some games. It is the number one market in the National Basketball Association, and it is underperforming on the court and when it comes to money. 
because of him. They could be making so much more money. They could be so much more forward thinking. They could be achieving so much more. But he gets in the way. And let me just say, Charles Oakley, born in Cleveland, Ohio, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? The Knicks, I'll leave you with this. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your New York pieces of dog. As I said yesterday, they're a dumpster fire. You are a complete dumpster fire. He got more money than God, okay? But that team is not doing money-wise what they could be doing because he is holding them back. And at some point, Charles is right. The league has to look at this and go, you know, you're an embarrassment to the league. Fix the problem. Fix the problem. You are holding this league back by being such a doofus, James Doofus. James Doofus. New name. James Doofus instead of James Dolan. These players in Major League Baseball that are mic'd up are awesome. I love this. I don't think we see it in the regular season, but I'm sure enjoying it in the exhibition season. All-Star game, it was great, right? Francisco Lindor. It sure was. Let's talk. fun. Let's talk about that a little bit more next on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. Scoop, we were, uh, we're going to talk Major League Baseball, give me 30 seconds, but we were looking at the Johnny Boychick injury from the Isles. Made me think of Clint Malarchik yeah. of the Sabres when the skate Ugh. clipped his jugular and they, they, they literally had stitches in his neck within 90 seconds in the oh dressing room. God. That's how fast otherwise, I mean, remember that back in the day? Oh yeah, and Boychick got 90 stitches. To get his eyelid back together and his face, because that was a shot. It wasn't like the guy just fell and you know sort of grazed him with the skate. It direct it hit shot. him. It like it like almost punched him in the face. The skate, not intentional, but he was falling forward. His skate uh, went backwards. Boychek was kind of behind him in front of the goal, uh, and basically almost fell his momentum into it. So it was just it was like a slow motion. Like you're like no 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 no, no. and oh, then it's awful. Just yeah, not something that you want to see in during the course of competition of sporting competition or a game of any kind and just just one of those horrific injuries uh, it was uh quarterback on the skins there uh that, Joe Theismann no not Theismann uh, well, well Theismann and and Lawrence Taylor with the 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 leg break Alex Smith is the one I was thinking of more recently when he uh yeah that was just one of those injuries you're just like wow not good not good at all Aaron Judge has got a little bit of an injury that he's dealing with as far as the Yankees are concerned. Let's talk some Major League Baseball here really quick on the SportsZilla show. Specifically, these mic'd up players. There's actually, uh, just out about 20 minutes ago, Dominic Smith's earpiece on the Mets stopped working and it got a little bit funny. But I've got some great sound on just some of these players getting mic'd up and some comments on that. We'll start with like Zach Britton yesterday. A-Rod's on the broadcast, Yankees-Red Sox exhibition game. Yankees ended up winning that 9-1. to Hallelujah. But while Zach Britton's warming up, of course, he's mic'd up. So Alex Rodriguez is talking to him, and he said this. Fastball's trying to mix in a few breaking balls. Oh, you guys got the Red Sox on this broadcast? They know what's coming? Uh, <laughs> are you, uh, you feeding them anything? No, we got a garbage can up here we're going to knock around for you. I mean, this a live mic troll job. It could get uh, it could get interesting when things get chippy during the course of regular season games, and especially imagine you're getting near the end of the season in the playoff races and things like that. Ay ay ay! 
Again, it could, as I swearings and you know you're going to have to deal with the, the well, swearing. I, I, li- I like the Mike thing, but like the shots at the Astros and the Red Sox are funny. You know, there's a part of me, as I said the other day, that wonders if Major League Baseball likes the wrestling aspect of this controversy. The white hat versus the black hat. Well, the the bad guys are the Red Sox and the Astros. The heel in the face, and, if you want a wrestling analogy. Yeah. Well, Alex Rodriguez said baseball needs more access. This is a way to give more access. And I agree. They market other sports better than they do Major League Baseball. Who's? It's just been stuck in its traditions. And, yeah, the purists have one argument, but you got to accept the analytics. you got to kind of meet in the middle with the old school and the new school. But he's right. Alex is right. We, as stewards of the game, have to take a lesson from last year's All-Star game, what happened yesterday, and absolutely open up the floodgates because the greatest part in the game we're not highlighting, which is the conversation that happened in real time, in between the lines, in the dugouts, the strategies. And then one thing also that's frustrating is we never get to see, we have 60 batting cages of the world's greatest players hitting every single day and in a world where content is king, and that's our greatest content, we never see it. We never touch it. It's like they hide it from us. Who doesn't want to see Aaron Judge or Stanton or Mike Trout every day at 405 whacking away uh, in their own batting cages? It's a bad choice of words there at the end from Alex Rodriguez. But, yes, I would like to see them swinging away and talking about it. Why when, isn't that live stream? When Aaron Judge hits a 500-foot home run in batting practice or Giancarlo Stanton or Mike Trout, I want to hear the other guys standing around going, damn, wow, man, can you believe it? Like, even the, the greatest at the game are sitting there in awe and amazement at others within the game. That's the content we're all here for. Some of these guys really have fantastic personalities, too. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to see that for the large part, because there isn't that sort of access that Alex is talking about, that A-Rod's talking about. Everybody's been talking about Anthony Rizzo with the Cubs. Uh, that's been going around for a day or so. I'm doing some math in my head. What are you going to throw? What do you got? I have no idea. <laughs> I wish I knew. Someone banged for me. Someone banged for me. I mean, he's talking to the broadcasters <laughs> while facing a guy throwing 95 miles an hour. That's kind of neat to me. I just, I think stuff like that's awesome. Let's bring your Mets into the conversation, right? Brandon Nimmo, who had a, a little bit of cardiac scare. He's been cleared to play. Everything's fine with his health. But he said, same thing, making up these players, man, it's a lot of fun. A lot of people don't understand the, the ins and outs of the baseball game as it's going on and uh, how much preparation does go into those at-bats and what you're thinking about during that time. And, um, you know, hey, it's beneficial for me to listen to those guys, too, because, Baseball is a game of learning. It's a game of failure. And so uh, you figure out how other people think and what works for them. And, uh, you know, that light bulb might go off for you as well and uh, might might get you on a nice streak going up, going ahead. So um, I, I like to listen to it as well. I like to see what other people are thinking. And I think it brings a lot of insight into the game. It's bringing a whole new conversation into spring training of Major League Baseball. Buster Olney, though, did say, you know what, batters probably are not going to get mic'd up I assume referencing the regular season. Can you imagine if during the regular season Anthony Rizzo did that during a game and went 0 for 5? There's no chance. Now, you'd love for players who are sort of around the edges, you know, maybe relievers out in the bullpen, outfielders who are standing around killing time anyway, people in the dugout. We've seen more and more of that. 
you definitely hope that they continue to push this forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, I think he's spot on there. There is a downside. Like if you've got a batter mic'd up and he goes 0 and 5, what's everybody going to say? Yeah. The, the, the pile on would happen on social media. That said, you know, uh, it, the access would be great. It, maybe not at that moment where you're trying to do the single hardest thing in professional sports, which is to hit a 90 or a 100 mile an hour fastball or some crazy curveball that somebody's throwing. But just tell me this. Let's say there's a bad call on Brett Gardner of the Yankees, who's notorious for having a very good eye and really knowing the strike zone. And generally, when you look at a replay, if he's arguing balls and strikes with an umpire, he's usually right because he really has a firm grasp on that. And then we remember him smashing the bats into the roof of the dugout. And then he goes off and there's an argument. I mean, we did get to hear the savages in the you know what with. But what is that? That's wrestling. Yeah, that but it's awesome. is the ongoing soap opera of the game. That is the back and forth on Twitter. That is the. What, what does LeBron mean when he says or does this? And the endless speculation and analysis and over-analysis. That's what that, it's wrestling. It's the soap opera. It would be great for ratings. They want to try and negotiate a better TV deal. They got to do more of that stuff. Because you know what? The younger generation don't care about baseball anymore. At the very least, mic them up and release the content after the fact on social media. That way you can edit it if you need to at least give some access as opposed to what it's been, which is, as Alex Rodriguez said, zero access. They may may not care about the outcome of the game, but they enjoy that argument that Brett Gardner has with the the umpires. There's going that would bring in fans that are not necessarily diehard baseball fans. You'd bring in the fringe fan, the casual fan. Uh, Maybe that would spark an interest in the youth of today to take up the game because you hear that conversation in Major League Baseball all the time. Going to come back a couple things on the NFL. Uh, Jeff Saturday and Jeff Darlington with some comments that'll kind of be Kind of mixed in with what Scoop and I have to say. The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. On Saturday, SU Miami and Seth Goldberg and Danny Shays have your Burdick Ford and Burdick Toyota basketball pregame show prior to the game right here. First of all, hashtag start Dungy. Dallas Renegades in the XFL. Right here, because we're homers, at least I am, and I admit that. We're calling out for you to start former Orange quarterback Eric Dungy. Get it done. Join me on that at ESPN Sportzilla. At ESPN Sportzilla. I know a lot of people have already done it. I've seen the interactions on Twitter. Appreciate that. I'm not the only one calling for this. We all are. That being said, let's flip over to the NFL real quick. So, it's like you can throw anything at a wall. If you're covering a sports team and you're a credentialed member of the media, so there's a report that says eight teams have an interest in Tom Brady. Four would definitely sign him to a contract right now. Oh, yeah? Well, I know of a ninth team that nobody else knows about, and I could put that out as a headline, and I swear it gets traction. We run with this stuff. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it because we want to speculate. It's fun to speculate and talk about this. But Jeff Saturday, you may know him. He at one point blocked for a guy named Peyton Manning, and of course, is a he covers the game now, and he's a, a broadcaster. He backed this up. Says there's four. 
I can tell you right now that I've spoken to executives with eight different teams that are at the very least monitoring Tom Brady's free agency. They are going down this list, having internal discussions right now saying, is this the right fit for our organization? Four of those teams, I believe, would sign him right now. The varying levels of interest within those teams makes it such, though, we still have such a long way to go. Did you notice, I believe in there, though, not official confirmation from those four teams. They are at the very least following Tom Brady's free agency. Well, what the hell? Everybody's following Tom Brady's free agency. There is no free agency anywhere because so many teams are waiting to see what he determines he is going to do with his career. Where does he go? Does he go back to New England or whatnot? Every team's following his free agency. Jeff Saturday went on to say, you know what? Tom is, even at his advanced age in the NFL for a quarterback or really any athlete, he's still elite. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, if you go back and even look at last year when everybody's talking about it, it was his worst year ever. If you look at some of the throws he made, everybody's talking about he's fallen off. Players around him can't do the same things. He's still making some throws. Now, is he 43? Absolutely. But but is he still a very viable quarterback who will win, who can win you Super Bowls? Absolutely. And can I say that about every other quarterback? No. You know what Tom Brady is going to bring. You know what Tom Brady is going to bring, and you know we're going to have to do this dance until, is it the 18th, when, uh, 16th, when other teams can start to finally negotiate with him, and maybe we can get this taken care of? There's always that one key free agent moves the needle and nothing happens. It happened to Major League Baseball a couple couple spring trainings ago. I think it was the Bryce Harper thing. And yeah. then all of a sudden, I mean, you had players signing in spring training, and usually that's taken care of. It was insanity. But it's fun to speculate. It's fun to talk about. And, hey, game to the Q's game, right? You know what Tom Brady's going to bring. He's going to bring Giselle. That's what he's going to bring? Damn Skippy. Yeah, he's probably going to bring Giselle. Well, listen, all I know is we get ready to get out of here, make way for Brent Axe and get you on the block at the top of the hour, is I don't want Nick Walenda to fall into a volcano tonight when he walks a tightrope. However, if he wobbles a little bit and I have to go, (gasps) that's okay. Scoop, have a good afternoon. You too. This is the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. See you tomorrow at 3.